Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hello. Hey, Andrea. <laughs> Guess what? What? Today we have a special guest. We do. <laughs> Who is our special guest? Do you want to introduce yourself or should you we introduce intru- you? No, give the voice people. She should introduce herself. Oh my god, you should. T- yeah, we should. We should not rid you of your voice we should give you voice ah thank you hi i'm emily <laughs> hi emily hi how many more accent coach yeah voice coach yeah voice teacher terrific yeah. person terrific and that's the most important part that is that's the most important that's the only part. like major thing is that you're a terrific person thanks i'll take that you should <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of in a strange direction early doors okay I so I'm <laughs> hostile <laughs> yeah it's like a hostile compliment yeah. and she's a terrific person <laughs> yeah I met it nicely I was going to say amazing but then I was like how American is that she's oh, an amazing yeah. per- or an awesome person you know what my awesome. response to that is yeah. awesome correct person. oh god we have you ever, have, ever noticed this this is a podcast thing that keeps happening but like Americans don't say yeah or right, they just correct. say correct. Oh, but apparently it's rude. I think I yeah yeah I get what you mean. <laughs> I don't really listen to American podcasts though. Mm. I don't. Oh no, that. I mean like just Americans. <laughs> I just keep saying it on the podcast. Somebody uh, told to me that in like um, in the teaching scenario, so they were like um, they had an American teacher, and yeah. if somebody was saying something, he's like, oh, is it like this, this, and this? And they go, correct, right? Like, as opposed to like a lot of British people go. Right. Which in America seems yeah. like... Right. Do that again. Okay. Do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know, Americans right. are the only people as well I know who say period. Yeah, period, the end, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's the I've end. I've a lot of things after my period. Yeah. Like, period, the end, no more. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a British person go, just in case, period. No, because we don't, we don't, but it's for a full stop, right? No, but they'll That's say, what I thought it was. Yeah, it, it is. is. Like, it is. Like, it, yeah, but, but it's emphatic. I, they say it, don't they? Like, yeah. that's it, period. Yeah. You would never hear a British person saying, that's enough, period. Yeah. Like, you just don't <laughs> hear that. <laughs> I've never heard that. Can you imagine? <laughs> it sounds terrible. <laughs> it doesn't even feel the same. Like, it's like... No, it's... Just, that's like, if you were getting... Like, I got it when, when you got, like, a, you were getting yelled at for something sure. and it's like don't do that that's the end of it I don't want to have any more discussions period done yeah move on that's what it was yeah hmm. I've never had the word period said to me like that in that context like, before like how you brought the word period <laughs> yeah. into the podcast you're welcome that's what I'm here for almost immediately <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what we should talk about oh, dialect gosh. differences not periods <laughs> I, we'd be here for a long time I've got a lot dialectal issues mm. but but hold on we have to we have to make sure we honor elan rachel at the beginning of our podcast episode so let's let emily go first she's emily first yes. yeah mm-hmm. in a sound and a movement how do you feel <laughs> that's so positive I that's like how it. i feel i like that it's it's yeah we'll go in order you, oh is it me now yeah <laughs> uh, uh. Ooh. Okay. I feel a bit refluxy. Delicious. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's my turn, okay. Um, it's... Ooh. That was multi-layered. Multi-faceted. Yeah, I just let it, I just let it flow. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna sample that and have that as the ringtone for whenever you text me. Oh please. <laughs> Whatever that was. I can't even do. It was ex- really impressive. I don't think I could replicate that. I'm not gonna lie. That was a one-time thing. Yeah. You're all very welcome. We'll never see that again from me ever again. Mm. Never happened. It was like a little riff. It's it was. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a lot of jazz lately. It's incorporated into my speaking. Just a uh, so, what were we talking about today? Accent reduction and kind of morphing of accent depending on where you are. I'm just wetting myself laughing because I nearly threw wine on the floor. <laughs> but it's fine because I've just stolen Emily's. Serviette. Oh god. Um, uh, I should probably drink more. My <laughs> first thing about accent reduction is because we had this accent reduction, accent softening. Yeah, like, I was going to say like what are we defining uh, as the term? Ooh. I always use. I always use accent softening, mm-hmm. but I don't have. I mean, there are some people that feel very strongly about the term reduction, which I get. Mm-hmm. But then there are also people that feel strong about the term softening as well. So it's kind of like that double-edged sword which which is the right I've also heard accent modification yes mm. which I don't like which I don't like it either because it has that connotation of adding something extra like if you think of people that body modify <laughs> yes. you these people oh, yeah, yeah. like people who like cut their tongues in half yeah. Yeah. and they like have Ooh. things inserted so it looks like they have horns oh, and things like that oh, oh my, I was obsessed with the, the little circles that people because you can get like a silicone circle like in your oh, like God. in your chin or whatever what for or in like sorry, people get them in their chest to as look well. reptilian my cousin had that where she had like a stud no, like no, no, it was like chest. an actual circle. It's like a silicone circle that they like they put in your. T- I just realized I'm just pointing to my chest, but like it's it's in your chest. Surprise! Andre points like, at her cleavage. It's a major part of who I am. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's like raised, and it's like raised. You, you can touch it. You yeah, can actually, I know what you mean. It's like and they. Is it under the skin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right under the skin. So it's it's right in the surface. Yeah, it's like an implant. Isn't yeah. It? <gasps> But you have to Seriously. get it, and you have to get removed every couple of months or something like that because <laughs> your body rejects it because it's yeah, a foreign body. Yeah, it's a foreign, it's foreign object in your body, or right. something about the the chemicals if they break down into something like that. that moves really far away. But accent <laughs> modification, yes, that's why I also yeah, that's feel the that image way. I get of yeah. someone like that's turning themselves into a reptile or something <laughs> with their accent. <laughs> I suppose modification's <laughs> not like. Because it is being modified, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it is. It is like I think all of the terms work reduction softening modification they all work for what essentially it is that you're doing yeah but there are all connotations towards them obviously for me i think of reptile people <laughs> well, for you it just becomes a doctor that's, who episode. Well, that's just me <laughs> oh, i used to love doctor who i i feel like with accent things mm. there were kind of two sides to it in a sense that there's there's the there's the acquisition of an accent yeah. that we might work with an actor or a group of actors about acquiring an accent, yeah. which is a modification of some description, yeah. but that's for a specific purpose versus accent change in everyday life, yeah. which is a completely different thing. Yeah. And often it becomes, in my experience of doing this work, it tends to be not about changing the accent per se, like not massively like there's minor changes that happen but it's more about clarity 
mm-hmm. and sort of anglicising an accent, so you're making it sound more English. That's right. a loaded word. Yeah. Anglicising. Yeah. <laughs> but I also feel, yeah, because some people don't want to be anglicised, because I get people who come to me and they're just like, I want to be more American, and I want to get rid of whatever this is and sound more American. And in that sense, I feel like I'm tweaking just like little things in their vowels for whatever mm. that is but is it like a general American which is a whole nother conversation but yeah but yeah but then I also feel like if I'm doing it for actors um that I don't ever say that that I'm cha- that I'm working on their accent I'm working on something almost very separate from them obviously it's yeah, things you're that working come on an from, accent yeah it's, it's not that, come yeah, from yeah. them but like they're not gonna go out in everyday <clears> life and use it I mean it'd be cool if they do but that's not why I'm teaching them to do it like but then what about sort of like an international actor so we work with I get with, that the most we're working with actors working who are, with actors that are English as a second language mm-hmm. and want to sound more British just generally it's not specifically for a role right that's the that's the work I get in terms of one to one the most mm. which I always find a bit strange because I think well why can't you just act in your own accent as it is for now? I get why they want to do it because mm. then when you get to drama school and you're learning the RP or whatever, it might be slightly easier if you already have an experience of it. But there's no reason why you can't just act in the accent that you have. Yeah, but I feel like because I and I don't know if this is like a casting thing that's coming down from somewhere because I also get a lot of students of the same thing who get told that um, I think they're worried about because they don't sound British that people put them in a very separate category yeah and i think that's what it would like to me i find really upsetting but there is this thing where it's like okay you don't sound american you don't sound british you're foreign and so you get put up for the foreign person yeah and not somebody who could be british or be american you're just like a separate entity and that's why i always say i always think like you should don't try and use this accent consistently like if you're in voice class use your own voice yeah but if you want this to again to expand your casting great that's great but i don't see why you should come and learn more british sounds just because you're at drama school in england like Mm. that for me that's not what i'm here for yeah to expand the cast casting absolutely yeah i get yeah that's that's literally they what they say like i'm constantly typecast as the foreign one yeah. the roles aren't exciting enough mm. it's it's a bit degrading sometimes yeah. so yeah totally I get it for that but if you get people that just, I just want to sound more British just generally like, why? because you're not then you're in voice class you know and I know again these terms can be a bit argue, we argue with the terms whether it's freeing your voice you know finding your natural voice finding your true voice yeah. I think if you're putting on an accent in that class mm. like you're not gonna get the benefits of it personally that's why but you're thinking through something else because we know yeah. that accent affects your um, neurological settings as well so if you're putting if you're if you're putting the work that you're getting through a voice class through another lens and it's not going through you it's going through something that you've filtered through to get to you mm-hmm 
Yeah. God, that was confusing. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I, was, I know what you meant, though. Like, yeah, the visual was hurt. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you need to see the hands. Yeah. That's what it was. Check That's it, what I explored my dissertation, actually. It's good that you've oh. got me on for this yeah. episode. It's like we planned it. Yeah. For the listeners, this was not planned. <laughs> <laughs> this was very much I'm coming for lunch at Leon's house. <laughs> Shall we do a podcast episode? Surprise, Leon was cooking. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote it on, oh God, what was it? It feels like forever ago. Um, does accent softening um, compromise the belief that your voice is a part of your identity? Mm. Specifically looking at people that weren't using it for acting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Looking at, you know people that come for accent softening or accent reduction or accent modification, whatever you want to call it, um, just part of their day-to-day life. It's one of those really interesting things that uh, I kind of didn't ever really appreciate happening in another language. So, because we work in English most of the time, but the vast majority of the time what we experience is people coming from a from a language that is not English into English, mm-hmm. and then still maintaining aspects of their own accent Mm. in English. And whenever I've learned a foreign language, the three languages that I've learned quite sort of, well, long term, well, relatively long term, um, I sounded like a person speaking that language when I spoke that language. So when I speak French, my accent's French. When I speak Spanish, my accent is Spanish sort of... um, uh, Madrid sorts of sound mm. um, when I speak Hebrew it's vaguely which is never but like it's vague it, I have the sort of the phonemic and the sort of I have the vowel sounds of how those sounds are said in Hebrew mm-hmm. so but do you not think that's from the person who has taught you and also that you have the ability to be able to do that quite n- Quite, quite easily natural, anyway, but I, already, I, yeah. I did that as a kid, which is why I was like, Yeah, mm, I think really a lot of people that are now accent coaches actually look back at their childhood and think, God, I spent my childhood just doing voices, doing voices, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really did. And then, yeah. like, then you go and you do your, your MA or whatever, or you meet other people, and you're like, oh, Okay, I wasn't just the, the strange, no, kid I had, yeah, strange okay, voices. I hadn't <laughs> thought about didn't. it being <laughs> it happening in other languages, and I was like, That's really that's kind of one of those things that has only really occurred to me in the lot. Well, I thought about it when I was a teenager and just thought. My actual response when I was a teenager was, oh my god, she's really stupid. Because there was a girl in my class who was speaking French with an Essex accent. Right. Because I grew up in Essex. So, North East London. So, like, she would, you know, parlay Francais avec an accent to Essex. In America. Um, Which was like, which which Americans tend to do. So they tend to sort of change it to a sort of Americanised version of that. And in the UK, we tend, there has been a tendency to sort of change the accent. And then recently I that was like one example from like 25 years ago and then one I was in Spain and listening to two colleagues and one colleague when she speaks Spanish they're both English one colleague when she speaks Spanish sounds Spanish Mm -hmm. completely Spanish the other one sounds like she is speaking Spanish with a regional British accent it's brilliant. Yeah. Like, it makes my heart sing because I'm just like, <laughs> you are literally just doing your English regional British accent. With Spanish. With Spanish <laughs> just language. It's just really funny. And it just makes, it just, I just think it's brilliant. But it's one of those things that I hadn't really thought about. Yeah. Transferring out of English into another language because we work so predominantly. Yeah. In English. 
I've got two things to say about this, because and we're gonna remind <laughs> me because um because one of them I really want to talk about is about Lindsay Lohan. So if somebody remind oh. me that that's okay. What's okay. I'll always remind you about Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> that's now the front of my brain for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, the first I think thing, I know what you're gonna talk about as well. Okay. Because yeah. the first thing I wanted to say was that it's such an interesting that you said that because when I was learning my Spanish, there were a lot of Puerto Ricans around me, and my mother speaks like a Dominican Puerto Rican kind of hybrid of Spanish and um. Uh, but we always knew when somebody was from Spain mm-hmm. because the accent, it just like jumps at you. And mm. I remember I had, a, I had a friend that I was studying with, um, we were doing our teaching thing together. And one of our teachers spoke Spanish, but it was Spain Spanish. And we were saying something and she had said something in Spanish and it immediately, like it physically jerked something in her. And she was like, she was, and she's, <laughs> I mean, we were joking, but it was, she was like, it's just, it's it's such a primal thing because she's like it's a col it's it's from being um, colonized and she was like when I hear it she's just like I don't know if it's me or if it's like you know my grandparents or whatever it was that I was trained she's like I hear it I immediately go oh <laughs> she's like that's the reaction I have and I have that kind of similar thing with it because I because I, I never heard it before and I think part of the thing with Americans when they learn other languages is because we don't we don't have other languages around especially if you're from like mm. Middle America mm. it's pretty much like English you might get some Spanish yeah. in there but you don't get a lot of other languages so you don't get to hear um the people who natively speak that language yeah. speak to you. It's somebody else who maybe learned it in uni, learned it in graduate school, yeah, uh, and might speak it with a slight twang or whatever it is, but they probably didn't grow up in that culture and that thing. So that's how you're learning it. So you exactly, you assimilate to yeah. the closest thing because you're like, I've never heard this before, but it kind of sounds like this in my accent. So that's what I'm going to grab onto and do that. So yeah. I'm really interesting. And then my second thing about Lindsay Lohan okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that there is, I, it was ages ago, um, but she had been spending a lot of time in Greece. Yeah. I knew you were going to say this. And this <laughs> <laughs> is such millennial <laughs> culture. <laughs> um, but she's been spending a lot of time in Greece. Do you and like, remember oh. that article about Lindsay Lohan in Greece? It was. It was like a BuzzFeed article. Yeah, That's why I remember was. It definitely was. It was because people were like, slant- basically, she had spent a lot of time in Greece because she was building her club in Mykonos, um, mm. which now has an MTV show. That's a whole other thing. Um, but she um, she had come back to do like an interview of the paparazzi or doing something with her and she was speaking but she was speaking with a Greek accent and not an English and not like an American accent because she had spent some time there um, and people are like oh what's wrong with her they're like what she now thinks she's Greek or whatever it is like why does she have this weird act she has this like neurological issue or whatever but it's the same thing with code switching that you adapt to the, the sounds around you and mm-hmm. some sounds are easier than other sounds and if you grew up doing lots of sounds as a kid then you might find that you can gravitate towards um, sounds a little bit easier than other people who have not heard as many sounds in their life but they like grilled her for that but it's quite it's quite a similar thing that she was just like oh this is what I hear and I'm aligning myself with these people and this identity so I'm going to try to yeah. sound like but also that. for like ease of communication if if you're always saying if if I go to New York and I ask for water people will be like hmm do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or I anywhere, just like hearing it. Or like, like anywhere water. in America. But if you ask for water, they'll be like, what? Is that water? Uh, oh, okay, yeah, sure. It's like, water? But water, yeah, that's fine. You're like, uh, and I still say it wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would I would be asking for the that's wrong thing. That's a very thing. small and, thing. But, yeah. but that's a tiny thing. Yeah. And that, uh, genuinely, people don't understand 
that because it's pronounced in a different way so in order to be able to communicate more efficiently mm. especially if you're working there long time long term like you have to adjust how you're saying things so that people go oh yeah i know what you mean yeah so it so that makes sense it's a little bit like what we were talking about the other night about you with korean english oh, yeah. and saying like well when i was when you were working in korea that then yeah. you came back and you had to then modify your english yeah. back into a sort of english speaking vernacular rather than a, a korean speaking english vernacular yeah and even like the intonation of things so it's um like the are you um you're right are you okay i didn't get that for the longest time because it, it just worried me i was like what do you mean am i all right but isn't that but a that's a, a british thing that's though. a very british thing mm. yeah and like you, you don't act like that's i think you taught me that actually like people don't <laughs> say are you okay no, like when people say to me are you okay i think it, people think i'm not okay yeah no, they're that, like oh, asking yeah. out of concern and yeah. actually we're just saying hi yeah <laughs> are you all right and that's yeah. always like that like and i had that with um my esl students as well is that well like you to go like somebody it happened literally just the other day somebody um said to one of my students he was like you're all right and he was like yeah no i, I think i'm okay and i was like no they just mean like how, how are, are you? you? I know, and I, know, I, know I have now serious, switched. Yeah. I now say, "How are you?" Yeah, and I don't think I ever used to say that. I just be like, "Are you alright?" <laughs> yeah, is that and the, the intonation thing sometimes always gets me. Like if we're asking a question, I have to make sure that I've actually asked it as a question and not as a statement that is formed as a question. I had a really interesting thing the other day. One of my students said when she was learning English yeah. that her teacher always taught her. That when she's asking a question in English, she has to go up at the end. Of no, the go down at the end. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think in America we do. I think we go down at the end. Of I was like, doesn't matter. Like, most British, most English speakers have a falling inflection for a question. Oh, there the it point is. that we have the question, the point that we ask the questions at the beginning of the question. So the why, what, what, where, who, yeah. how, whatever that kind of word. So you don't say where are the toilets. Okay. No, you but don't see- say that. You say where are the toilets. And you might have a sort of retroflexive or a circumflexive kind of um, intonational pattern or a sort of prosody, mm. but then, but it's always, you know, how much is that? You went, how much is that? Like, that would be a because, weird inflective so pattern. I think, because I think when I first came here, I, I was doing that. I said, how much is that? Where is that? Or like, I think I was going up at the end of things and people oh, didn't understand what I was saying. And I had to change it because I remember that being really frustrating. I have literally never noticed that. I remember that. It's like, one of those like received like, oh, wisdom things of yeah. like people always go up at the end of a question. It's like but no. they don't. Yeah. What I was saying, I was like, well, it's about making choices, especially if you're looking in terms of acting. Oh yeah. Um, it's about making choices. There's not one specific way that you no. ask a yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was my response to that because I was like, I've never heard that. Before. But it also That's changes really interesting. in yeah. But it also changes in terms of repetition and certainty and yeah. like assuredness so like if you if you ask where the toilets if you say where are the toilets and you're like where are the toilets and then someone goes sorry what you're like where are the toilets and then you're like <laughs> you change the inflection yeah. so then people can hear more of the information about what it is you're asking and then if they still don't ask you're like where are the toilets and then you do actually do a rising inflection because then it gets to the point you know where you're what like, I do? Oh, you're annoying. I so I take out which is a little trick that I've learned and and actually now I think about it and I'm dissecting. Is this is about finding passing. the toilets. Or? It is. Um, <laughs> or something. I just take I out like, a. Um, <laughs> I, I stopped at the What's wrong that spray point. called? 
I was like Puna the, the, the spray that you What's yeah. it called? Pre-pay Pre-something No it's not called pre-pay I have no idea what it's called but it's the, It will definitely be like a pun or like a play on words Yeah Poo-pourri Poo-pourri That's it I think it, it is That's Well you spray just in case you smell no, my mom gave that to me actually when I left the house. She was really? like, oh, "I need this." So, so, so <laughs> I so love the fact you're like quick. miming a small bottle. So it was because that's what it was. It was like that, and it was like lavender. <laughs> and I took it with me to uni, and she was like, "Whenever you go into yeah, a room, you have your own toilet." What no. university? Not in a dorm. Oh. Not until in America. Oh, right. We all dorm to get, so you get like a roommate and then you tend to share a bathroom unless you're lucky and you get like an ensuite. But we don't normally have ensuites. Just a curtain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone in here? Um, what was I saying? I Something about you prepared oh, to go I to the toilet right. by no. getting something so out. So I and this is this is because I was I've been practicing that and as I just thought about this, like I don't know how condescending this is, so maybe I should stop doing it. Um, but I would take out the key word and put it at the front. Toilets. Where are they? Because sometimes I do. Because that, that sounds really passive aggressive, doesn't it? Yeah. It's really massively aggressive. Yeah, I shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think it's. Because it's the key words. Because sometimes I feel like in a question, especially if you're working with somebody who is, who is from a second language, in a question, they're just like, I don't know why people are laughing. <laughs> no, I just feel like you read the bar and be like, wine? How much is it? <laughs> I mean, which wine would you like? Wine? How much is it? Toilets. That's true. Where are they? <laughs> it's a very specific way of it speaking. It is. It's a James Bond yeah, syntax. It's it? very James Bond. But because sometimes James Bond. You know when you're listening, because if I'm listening in a different language <laughs> and I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to pick up the word, I'm like I don't know. Like I hear your sentence, but I was like I don't know what word I need to pay attention to in that sentence. And if you mm. say that, and then you go, oh, that's the key word. And so sometimes because because questions are phrased in quite. A, a, a very complex way in, in English um, I almost said America um, in English you've got to go from where are the toilets and the key bit is the toilets they want to know where the toilets are mm. not the where are bit mm. so if you just move that to the front and you go the toilets where are they or do you just go toilets no, no, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Slightly Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> toilets, it is. where are? <laughs> it is. Toilets, where are they? <laughs> but that's, if you say, if you ask a question with just the word toilets, yeah, would you not? I would probably go tend to go up then, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Toilets, yeah. rather than toilets. <laughs> <laughs> toilets. Toilets. That was a rising inflection. <laughs> if you went toilets, toilets <laughs> then be like, that's very. <laughs> Does what to who what? Yeah, what? that just sounds like you're confused. Yes, about the whole exactly. <laughs> so you wouldn't start, but if it was just the one word, you'd say toilets. Yeah. And they'd be like over there. I've had that happen where I, I clearly talk I talk to myself quite a bit, and when you know when you're you're like having a thought and then it comes out verbally, so you're mm-hmm. like oh yeah I need to do this and this, and then you're ordering something, so they mistake what you're saying as like something that they need to hear. Oh, I don't do it in public, like, Andrea. Oh. <laughs> Just talk to myself. That's just me. <laughs> it's just a me thought then. Do you keep me. talking when you're ordering things? I do, yeah. Who? Just to yourself, out loud. Well, it depends it's on like, what's happening. It's not you're struggling to find things <laughs> and get served. <laughs> We've solved it. We've solved it. That's it. Done. My entire cultural um, misunderstanding is done. It's just me. Um, Speaking of which. Yeah. Code switching. <clears throat> yeah. And... Um, being non-rhotic yeah 
Andrea Flash. I like what's happening though. It's the, this is the question. It's like we're on the one show, like these perfect little segues. Yeah. Oh yes. I always have to do the segue. <laughs> um, mine on. Well, no. Usually, Andrea looks at me. She goes, "We've lost it. We've lost it. Where are we?" And then I'll be like, <laughs> "What's well, because I've I've normally go that way. I've normally said something ridiculous, and then I go, I can't pull myself back from that. I don't know what to do. Help me, Leon." <laughs> Sometimes I've gone off on a tangent as well. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. yeah. Unlikely, yeah. but it's possible. <laughs> um, it's happened when you have voice. So, voice you as a New Yorker, yeah. a, big, a big app alien. Um, <laughs> see episode one. See episode one. one. Big apple, yeah. Um, so, you. Technically, I'm not a rhotic speaker, right? Oh, um, it kind of depends on the mood. Yeah, and it depends on how it depends on how if I've been talking to my mom or not because mm. my dad is a rhotic speaker. Ah, the plot thickens. Yeah. So then, being in London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how how um what because we've no we notice this quite often right with Andrea. Yeah. That there's a change, there's like a, there's an adjustment that happens. I noticed it particularly when I hadn't spoken to you in a couple of months. Yeah. When I came back, mm-hmm. moved back to London after being away for like six months. Yeah. I was like, what's going on with your accent? What is happening? Like, it was, at that point, it was my lot vowel had shifted. It was like yeah. my lot in cloth had gone the, somewhere. The, yeah. It was very strange. They've gone to the English countryside they've, somewhere. They've gone, they, they went away. And <laughs> quite I was Oxford and Rugby. Yeah, yeah, it was quite. Just, almost, very slightly RP. Slightly, like very slightly. And then, the, um, I, I don't know. I think what ended up happening was like, when I was teaching, and I was teaching RP, and I would have to do it in class. And then I was hearing it quite a lot around. And then, weirdly, it comes out a lot more when I've been drinking. I just like, what the RP? Yeah, like, or like the, <laughs> the weird shift of things. Like it's not even RP. It's just like it's like I heard that sound. I'm just gonna make that sound. I don't even know what sound that belongs to, but I want that sound, and I'm just gonna do that. Gets me in a lot of trouble. That's maybe that's why we spend so much time together. Because the more drunk I get, the more RP I do get. <laughs> always, it's always happened. I used to be at parties having a conversation with somebody in the corner and they were like have your accent's changed no it hasn't I've just had more wine <laughs> your accent's changed your face has changed that's what it is just... oh, I think it's so interesting the choices we make with accent I know I'm one of the I'm a terrible or the subconscious choices that we make and then mm. you look, go back and you're like why did I do that I'm going to say another millennial thing. I was watching, um, <laughs> I'm just pairing everyone. Um, so uh, I was watching uh, Kristen Bell, uh, who was, do, do you know Kristen Bell? Do you know Kristen from Bell? The Good Place. Yes. So, I say from The Good Place, but I've never seen an episode. But yeah, I know. It's really good. It's I know. She's also married to Dax Shepard. Yes, and they were doing it, They were doing a show together, and it was they're like. They're adorable, those they're, two. they're very cute. Um, and they were doing like a Good Morning or something. I don't know, Kelly Ripper was on it, that one. And uh, and they had done this. No, it was Rachel Wright. Oh no, no, no. we don't know who those uh, people are. Great. Um, so they were sitting there. American daytime <laughs> Um And they were sitting uh, there, and they were doing like one of those games. It's like, um, like how well do you know your partner or something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. And it was. Um, I swear this has to do with accent. She, he, 
Um, it was like, what was one thing that Kristen does that really bothers you? And it was that every time there's an accent that comes on television that she wants, like she does the accent. Oh, that's me. Or she like sits there or she'll try to mime it. I was like, oh, I do the same thing. Yeah. I was like, Except I do it with real people. So like, if you're sitting there next to me, I'm just like, oh. yeah, I. So how do I make an I like your I? I? I. But then. I shouldn't do it out loud. It depends again. Depends on how many glasses of wine yeah. I had. Sometimes I do do it out loud. I'm exactly the same, and I didn't know that I did that until I, I think it was in my second year at university, and I shared a house. And my housemate was going like talking about all of our habits, and she was <laughs> oh, like, no. <clears throat> "Emily watches the telly and then says the line back." <laughs> I used to put subtitles on so I didn't oh, know wow. what I was saying. I used to I like that's how I learned all the lines to Lord of the Rings. It's a fact that you all know. Um, because I song, had subtitles. Song, <laughs> um, it's just fun, isn't it? Hearing different sounds and going, it. I want to try that. But I wanted to know if I could do it. Yeah, because there's I'm, a lot. I of still time. do that. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, Especially, yeah. I like. I, I really like it, and that's how. And that's how I end up with weird things. Because then I also <laughs> adopt, I weird I things. adopt weird things too. So there is a time yes. I feel like a very. Um, uh, John Cusack phase in my life, and I really liked the way he acted with his hands. It was like, oh, okay, you just got obsessed with him. Yeah, yeah, no. You weren't just like being John Cusack for like <laughs> no apparent reason. Well, <laughs> I say that, but I did adopt his weird, like, neurotic kind of speech patterns <laughs> and like his hand motions. And somebody pointed out, it wasn't like, Christopher why? Walken. <laughs> it should have been. That would have been a lot more entertaining. They're like, why are you doing this? And I just really like. Like the way he says this one thing. So there's things that I say where it's like, oh, I like the way this person does it. Mm. So I do it that but way. I always like quite um, accents that you don't get to hear a lot. Mm. And I don't think mm. I can put them into my everyday speech without someone going, what? You should just do I'm it. obsessed. I need tips now. Obsessed for no reason. with the, the Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota, based yeah. on Minnesota accent that they do in Fargo. Yeah, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I just want to start saying yeah. whenever I say yeah, I just want to start going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My sister. I can't, and I can't do it's that. Kind of Scandinavian. Yeah, you can. No, but no. My sister people and I will bring me up on that. No, so my sister and I, we used to just go to places and we would just do. Oh yeah. You know, I was talking the other day. Like it was yeah. very strange, and it would obviously go into a very oh, yeah. weird. And it, it was my favorite thing because there's something like. I don't know. It's very releasing comforting. about it. Yeah. 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 Lovely sound. Yeah. I whenever I, like I try and do a Minnesota kind of, whenever I try and do that kind of accent, I always end up doing um, a sort of middle of nowhere. I go Irish. It sounds like. I, yeah, kind <laughs> I of end up Irish. Middle of nowhere kind of Canadian. Who <laughs> end up like, oh yeah, like hey, yeah. what's going on? Yeah? Um, <laughs> it's like you're gonna be. Ooh. <laughs> There's also um, where are they from in making a murderer? No idea because I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, Manitoba County. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just That's knew. That. No idea. How do you not know making a murderer? I don't know. <gasps> oh my god. Andrea, okay, we're what gonna have to it? pause this and watch seven hours <laughs> of making a murderer. No, it's probably like fourteen it's hours. So good. What it's on Netflix. It? It's a documentary. Okay. So, oh, you'll get obsessed. It's great. But they play the conversations that this person has mm. in prison with his family. And the conversation is literally them going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for a while, I was just like, yeah. Every time I said yes, I was, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. You found your swap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can't really, you can't just do it. No. You could do it with people that don't know you. 
because they can't really say anything. But like, why is that? It's a strange way of her saying yes. I find the I find the way that you can do it is that you you need to find a moment where you can kind of say something in that accent. Mm. So like, if somebody says something stupid, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> like you can sort of like, you, do you know what I mean? You can yeah. say something in response to something yeah. as a comment on that situation. I like, always do that. Words. I always go, no bother. Oh, <laughs> <me> bother. <laughs> or thanks a million. <laughs> I used to say grand quite a lot for no reason. It's like, oh, it's grand. And I was like, oh, and, and I had no idea why I was doing it. But, I've started to yeah. say for sure. And I don't know really? where that's come from. The sizzle. For sure. For shizzle. For shizzle. For shizzle. I haven't quite gotten on really big in the early 2000s. Shizzle. So in terms of accents. <laughs> yeah. We just kind this of digress. This is accents. This is No, accent, I mean, like, in terms of like accent, um, reduction, oh, yeah, modification. Softening in modification. What, what terms do you use then? In Like if someone comes to you or what's on your website or. Oh, I don't Ooh. think I put it on my website. I think mine says softening, but I think I change it every time I change my website. <laughs> like every time I adjust anything. Actually, I don't think it says softening at all. I think it just says accents. Yeah. And mine also says accents. And then when somebody wants to work on, work with me, um, I often say, uh, we'll work with your accent. Yeah. So I don't say like, oh, we'll modify your accent or we'll soften your accent. I said, we'll work with your accent yeah. and figure out what you would like to do. I think that's, that's the case, kind of what isn't it? Is, it? When yeah. the person's in the room with you, it's just like, we're just working on your voice. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. And what do you want to sound like? Yeah. Because I think that's kind of, um, to get all philosophical and beautiful about this, it's like that's kind of the beauty of what we do is that you can change your voice to adapt to different things. And so you can make it something that you, you can make it the way that you want to sound. Yeah. And so I had someone the other week actually who was like, I want to change this, 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 but I really want to keep this part. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm. That's great. We'll yeah. do that then. Yeah. yeah. I always tell my, um, I've got um, quite a lot of northern students that are like, oh, well not all of them, but um, sometimes I get, oh, you know, I really don't like my accent, and that's a, that's a process and a journey, and it's about identity and things like that, and they got their own stuff to work on, and, um, but I always say, I was like, don't, don't change so much that you don't have your accent anymore, because I was like, that is something that is so, you, it says so much about who you are, yeah. like as a person, as an actor, I was like, that's really crucial to you and I was like if you change it too much then you're just fitting a mold of something else um, and then you lose a bit of who you are it's my biggest bugbear someone going I don't like XYZ accent yeah why mm. it's just the way someone has grown up and yeah. how they're saying certain sounds yeah how they form them in their mouth why do you have such an aversion yeah, to it yeah why is that a problem yeah and it's like where does it stem from and yeah like it's all about identity and class, like class and, and in this country and economics yeah. and like um, and social roles and who's allowed because there's so much about like who's allowed to speak certain ways and who's not mm. and that is something that I feel like is quite hard to navigate because people have these like um, unseen prejudices about accents mm. that come out really mm. like you've been in the class and you play an accent and they're like oh yeah oh, I hate bizarre. that and you're like what why why is that? I don't know it just sounds and you hear the most awful words to describe that accent so like oh it sounds stupid or it sounds lazy or it sounds uneducated or it sounds just like you know no people I grew up with and like it's just like they're all these weird terrible things associated with it and I was like yeah but that's a person yeah and all they're doing is speaking yeah that's it it's really interesting, uh, ha kind of coming back to the conversation we had before we started recording about accents within certain 
theatrical institutions in this country. It was such a delicately worded <laughs> And that there is a there is an association between between the regionality of an accent mm-hmm. and the and the educational standing or the social standing of that individual. Mm-hmm. And I once pointed out to I think it was the director, it might have been a voice coach, um, that during the height of the Industrial Revolution some of the richest people in the UK were from Yorkshire, mm. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah. and from um, Cheshire and from Lancashire. Mm-hmm. So you had like cotton mills, and you had all those like massive things that were going on, mm. and also then you had you know people who owned huge amounts of land or industry, and they earned huge amounts of money, and so they were. And to, for what, for you know, however you want to explain it, they were landed people. They had land. They had houses. They built sort of follies and all sort of crazy, amazing stuff. They owned racehorses and doing the sort of stuff that you would expect of an aristocrat, because that's the sort of thing that they sort of aspired to. Mm. And yet, at the same time, very rarely, even if it, even if a, pro- a play is set during the Industrial Revolution, does anybody think I know? I'll <laughs> give him a York accent or a Leeds accent or a Bradford accent yeah. or a Blackpool accent or do you know? Like then yeah. nobody goes, yeah, that makes more sense because mm-hmm. it just because oh no, well we have to speak an RP because the, because they've got lots of money and they're in charge and it's like no, no, that's no. not really how I it works. I had a was. conversation with a student the other week actually. She was they're doing Shakespeare. And she wanted to do it in an RP, and she's from Birmingham. I said, "Why do you want to do it in RP?" She was like, "I don't know. I just thought I sound better." And I was like, "Where was Shakespeare from?" <laughs> she's like, "Oh, he's about twenty minutes down the road from me." Oh, I was like, "Yeah, like obviously back then we don't we can never really say what the accent would have been mm. like." But I was like, "People work really hard, yeah, to get to speak and use the me- the meter and the rhythm in the accent that you have already, like." Mm play with that like don't mm. do it in RP it's done done a million times before mm. why not do it in your beautiful Brummie accent mm. and so she is Aww. which is great but Yay. yeah but then literally when she went oh he's from like 20 minutes down the road from where I am oh <laughs> <laughs> teacher yeah. moment yeah growth yeah there it's it was <laughs> but so, I mean because it's all about like rewriting history though because we remember things the way we want to remember them um and that's that what's that phrase that uh uh is it the victors right history is written by the victors there you yeah. go yeah. 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 history is written by the victors and like who won in that is most people who have RP accents um, came up but, but then I was thinking about on the there was a show on, on BBC it's like one of those like period dramas called North and South I think oh, it was like a romantic drama it's very nice it's one of my favourite things anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, but the guy um, the guy has a northern accent I believe, and she's got a kind of RP, but she, she's she's southern, hence the hence the title North and South. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, but he retained, and I always thought that was really nice that you had that kind of. I mean, he would like he was a landowner, and he had he ran like a mill, and it was. But very rarely do you see somebody of that stature retain their their regional accent. Yeah. It always kind of moves into this. It's mad, we, and it's a weird RP. It's not even. It's not like a heightened RP. It's always just like oh, we just want to make it kind of standard and like nice for lack of better words but it makes it beige it makes it kind of 
imprecise. It also makes it untrue. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, historically it inaccurate. So, I mean, there are lots of faults in that. Just keep your accents. But I think to go back to a really early point that Emily was asking about with sort of like, what do you, well, not early point, recent point, that <laughs> you were saying about... Um, How do you term it? What are, yeah, what do you do with your clients and stuff? And I, the vast majority of the time, we don't do very much about changing the accent per se. It's mm. more about clarity. Mm. So <clears throat> working with, at the moment I'm working with uh, a Russian client and her English is great and she's very clever and she's you know very articulate. But in Russian, they don't have articles. Mm. So it's not the or a, or any of this sort of stuff. So it's like, she, so she'll say things like, um, the boy sat on chair. I'm like, the chair. She's like, the boy sat on the chair. <laughs> if uh, I have to. <laughs> why do you have article? Like it's, you know, so, um, and so I was saying like, we need, for, purely for how language works in English, yeah. we need the the, to make it make sense. Yeah. Do we really though? Well, well probably <laughs> not. I mean that's a whole other series of podcasts. But but also like she was saying, there was a line in one of the um in one of the exercises we were using and she it was uh, he had a love of the arts or something this kind of so he had a love of the arts. And she's like, Why a love? Mm. Why what is a love? Like surely mm. he had love for the arts and I was mm. like, Oh no, he had uh, an affection, yeah, but why is it an affection? I was just sitting there going, I actually don't know. Like, you this could have is... more than one affection, though, but one of the affections is for love, yeah, which is how and I ended up art. explaining it. For, yeah, <laughs> one of the effects, one of the loves is love, one of the loves is love. <laughs> you're not <and> I love, <laughs> but do you know, it's so for, yeah, for me, it's been about sort of, of clarity, a grammar lesson, and an accent lesson. Sometimes I don't ever fix grammar. Sometimes no, it has I to be tend though. To not either. I don't do it unless. It's like it's... you say, unless it, you're like, I'm sorry, that just it's just not clear. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's the only time I ever do it, and or if somebody specifically asks me, because yeah. I was trained in it, and so I could do it. But I was uh, that's not normally when I'm I'm not really hired to do that. Yes, no. But it's also about things like saying the the R or the O sound at the end of your. Your. So you know, do do you have your bag? Not you bag, your bag, and it's a different vowel. Oh, so by the nature of the fact that it's an O vowel or an O vowel, like we know the or, or ooh whatever, but that what it changes the meaning, it changes the sense. Yeah. And it's not just about singular or plural. It's also about ownership, and it's also about like so. There's other stuff that mm. goes. So sometimes it's to do with like the. Sometimes it's to do with elision in places where there shouldn't be elision. Mm -hmm. And so there's places where we you then have to sort of separate stuff out again and say, no, you have to say your bag. You can't say your bag. Because, mm. like, your bag doesn't mean, like, anything. It it's yeah. confusing, mm -hmm. if anything else. So then it becomes about actually just, like, sometimes it's that kind of modification, that kind of adjustment mm. in order to make the sense more apparent rather than changing the whole accent mm. so often what happens is is that I work with people for a few months at a time 
and they will start very very heavy accent whichever language they're coming from so they almost immediately coming from like native act native language into english going i learned english at school i have no idea how to say anything and it's really confusing no one understands me mm-hmm. so my classic example i think i've told you this before was a spanish speaker that i worked with many many years ago and she wanted to buy stickers for her son oh. and she went into the shop and she said um can i have a packet of stickers please and the man was like, what? A packet of stickers. So, and I then pointed out that she was saying, e stickers, e stickers. Because mm. in Spanish, everything that's, nothing starts with an S. Yeah. So everything's got an E before it, so es, Espanol, uh, Estacion, like whatever, like whatever the word is, it's got an E before it. Whereas in English, we don't have that. So I said, you need to say stickers, not e stickers. And she went, what is the difference? And I was like, e stickers, not a word stickers he'll hand you the right thing so we practiced it for like an hour mm. and then she went the next day she was like could i have some stickers please and the guy was Aww. like which one would you like and she was like holy shit and like <laughs> she just called me like from the shop it was Aww. really funny but that kind of it's like it's such a tiny adjustment yeah to make it um comprehensible comprehensive so that so that people really do actually so they are actually communicating and not struggling with that so that's how I find it often works mm-hmm. rather than having to make it I, I never ever ever made people into like RP like it never gets I'm, to that stage no. and it takes us a long if that's, your, if that's your goal that takes a very long amount of time I tell my yeah. students that all the time it's like it, you don't like I don't even have a really great RP and, and like it, it takes us a long time to get there um, and, the, and there are other things that have to happen as well rather than you just kind of going to an accent I mean you have to be listening you have to be um, studying and doing and being surrounded by it and practicing every day. That's what I tell my students. <laughs> I do that all day. How often do you practice, Andrea? Every day. <laughs> every day. Every day. A little call back to last episode. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that took a while to get in. But I was just saying, as, as you said that, the word adjustment, and I wonder if it's an accent adjustment. But then that scene, that comes with a connotation as well, doesn't it? I think you're going to struggle to Shit. find a phrase that just has no connotations of anything negative yeah. to be honest because you're like i say you're changing something integral to someone aren't yeah. you you're changing somebody's mm. voice yeah and the so. thing i took away from that too is that like oftentimes not even just with like um english uh, coming from a uh, a different language into english but oftentimes when i've got students um and a note if i'm coaching on a show and the note is um they need articulation or they need this or they need that sometimes it's not articulation sometimes it's it's, sometimes it's intonation that they Mm -hmm. they're saying they're they're going up or they're going down and then we're losing the meaning because they've shifted the the pragmatic dynamic of it um rather than it being like okay we need to go away and practice your sounds i mean don't get me wrong we all need to practice some sounds. <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely times where that needs to happen. But like more often than not, I'm just like, well, it's just that word, isn't it? I was like, we just need to go over that word. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to go through a whole list of things. I also don't normally have that much time. But like we don't need to. It's just that. It's just the way you're saying mm. that word. And stress might be wrong. Yeah. Exactly. And stress is just a weird thing in English. Oh, I know. We don't have any time for that. But like nine times out of ten, it's a stress oh, thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Or a rhythm thing. They're saying it in a way that's just like, what, what how, why, <laughs> why and how and when and who. <laughs> All the given circumstances. And what? <laughs> <laughs> I had to add the last one. And what? What is it? Yeah. What's that? 
my thing. So, Emily, uh, what have you realised during this, our 21st podcast? Ooh, what have I realised? Um, I have realised that... Actually, do you know what? It's a revelation that I had when I was writing my dissertation that I'd forgotten about. Hmm. That I've now just rehad again. <laughs> That's Constant bro- revelation. Yes. Which is, it's less about my feelings about changing an accent and more about how I feel about RP mm. and a standardization of accent, if you like. Mm. And that I have negative, previous negative connotations about that. Mm. So try not to bring that into the space. Oh. I'd forgotten that I had that. Mm. And I've real, what was it? Revelized? Don't realized. Realized. Is that what it is? A realization? Mm. Okay. I actually don't know if he does it. Yeah, it's a realization. Not a revelation. No, because no, that's not what quite I, the same standard. I started and I was like, what was your revelation? And I was like, no, oh, okay, and that's why. That. Okay, that's why. That's why I Because no, something, something, sometimes you realize something, but it's not yeah, like. Yeah, that's my realization. Something revealed to you. I've moved a long way. Because now oh. I teach it. <laughs> Every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's different when you're in it, though. Mm, I think so. I think you have an appreciation. Like, I I literally, I teach RP a good few hours every week, Mm. continually. Mm. So, yeah, I've realised I have an appreciation for it. (laughs) It's worn off the edges. (laughs) (laughs) It's rubbed off the edge. You're like, oh, fine. I'll just do it then. Leon, what was your (laughs) realisation? My realisation was that um, the accent, like there is no real term for it without it being potentially problematic. Yeah. Mm. And it's never, for me, it's never really been like a problem. Like I've never no. been like, oh, accent. Like it's I, never. Yeah, I agree with that. It's never, ever, 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 ever come up, ever in my career as a No, coach. it's never come up. But it also but like, it, just for me as a person. thing is a debate of it when you're, training shall we say yeah but i think there's a sort of hypersensitivity in certain quarters that that they that there's a there's a, a a wish not to offend anybody at any stretch at any point like any point don't offend anybody if anybody could take the most slightest offense it's like yeah but let's dig into why that is offensive to you like is mm. that actually offensive to you or do you have reservations about acquiring a different accent or do you have a particular affinity or an affection for your particular accent that means you want to stay with it like either of those things is fine but it's it's one of those things that like I don't sound like either of my parents really mm. and my parents don't really sound like any of their parents I sound like my mom and my sister sounds like she's lived from Bristol because she's lives in lives in Bristol uh, so like when she's talking do you like have a little bit of Bristol in what she's saying oh. not much because then like just enough to kind of say like oh I need to fix that light bulb mm. like, light bulb <laughs> North East London you're a bloody cockney for god's sake you I say light bulb. bulb light bulb um, but, but like you know like my parents how would you say from the bulb? east end <laughs> how would you say it today <laughs> I want to try light bulb which is bulb. a different inflection but I would say light bulb Light bulb. Yeah. Light I'd actually bulb. probably just say light. I wouldn't even say the bulb part. <laughs> you I'd probably wouldn't change it, light. let's be honest. That's absolutely true. You'd get someone else to do it. I would it. have someone else change it because I'm probably too short like... to reach it. <laughs> like, I can't reach it. Can't do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, Andrea? Yeah. What is your realization? I actually just had one, and um, uh, and whether it's about accent particularly, I'm not sure, but I was working on the thing about offensiveness, oh. and I was thinking about this, and I was just like, the, um, the idea of not trying, because I know that my very existence offends some people. The thing that I do just offends some people. And... Um, and you think about it, and you if you spend your entire life trying not to offend somebody, it's almost like you're trying to diminish the history and the impact that you have because you're afraid that somebody else won't like it. It's almost like taking bits away from yourself. Not that you shouldn't go around offending, like don't do that. But I'm saying, like if you've got a thought, voice it. And then if someone's offended by it, then you can go, you can unpack it and have a discussion about it. That's how I feel about accent softening and accent reduction. Some people want it. Some people really, really want to um, assimilate into whatever culture or society that they're in and they know that accent, we're being really honest, is really big in the UK. It just is. It's massive. Mm. And they can see and they can feel that if I look and I sound like everyone else, something will shift. Mm. Something massively will shift. Um, and I wouldn't take that away from anyone because mm-hmm. it's really important, especially in a country like the UK, like not the country, um, but especially in the UK, being part of is really important. Um, and I, w- I don't think I would ever take that away. So whether I call it accent reduction or accent modification, like who gives, but I want to help people identify in the way that they see fit to do in order to leave their lives with love and dignity. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Yes, that's called Andre trying to end the podcast. <laughs> I think she did a magnificent a positive job. note. Thank you know you. what that was? Yeah. Magnificent. If you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at can you hear pod or on instagram at can you hear me podcast or you can search for us on facebook and on youtube or email us at can you hear me at the back at gmail.com you can find me leon on twitter at leon trayman or me andrea at andrea fudge on twitter please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our patreon site The link is in the show notes. To keep the podcast advertisement-free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you, bye!